Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. My name is Brad, and I am joined by Alex. We are the official podcast of the MTG at Home Discord server. If you want to come in, play some paper magic with us. And uh, you know what? That's pretty much it for this week. I don't have anything special to plug for the server. I don't have anything you know super insightful to say. And personally, I don't have anything witty to say, as shocking as that is. So just join talk with myself, talk with Alex, play some paper magic. And that is pretty much it. I will have the link down in the description below. But Alex, today is a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday. How are you today? Uh, I wasn't too well yesterday. So I was a bit worried when I woke up. Uh, I felt still pretty crappy. But during the day, I got better. So I'm I'm fine now. Did I you... will say, uh, just to uh, our, our last political point for a while, I suddenly felt so much better on Saturday afternoon. I don't know if I think I don't know if people share this feeling with me, but I just depends on what side of the spectrum they swing. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, depending that. on the side of the spectrum. Um, if you were, I mean, even if you're incredibly conservative, I've I've met plenty of conservatives that are like you know they they don't like Trump and things like that, so they they swing they swing that way. So it it, it does vary, but yeah, there is plenty of people um, partying and stuff like that. I will say though. Um, mild disappointment from my end in, in regards to the country. Of, COVID uh, spike um, coming in in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Out celebrating. Exactly. Like there was, uh, it was Harlem where there was like champagne getting like sprayed around and stuff like that. People dancing in the streets, and I'm like, you know, cool picture, nice sentiment. But don't but, like, yeah. <laughs> please don't do stay this. in. <laughs> yeah. Um, it it is what it is. Um, we'll see what happens. There's legal stuff brewing and all that good stuff. Hooray! But we're here to talk about magic because that is much yeah. more fun than politics. You're very correct. So, kind of excuse for excuse me for bringing it up, but also not. Yeah, we we'll get out of the way. Yeah. So the last couple weeks, Alex, we have omitted the meta game and then kind of the pioneer meta as a whole from the podcast a little bit because we felt that the meta has been in a bit of a lull recently, especially since the uh, the bannings and release of Xanarkar Rising, particularly. Um, once we got that first uptick of like Omnath, Omnath, Omnath everywhere, um, and a little bit actually after the standard bannings of Omnath, you see it kind of dip down in terms of uh, appearance or uh, yeah, we we saw Oops All Spells. I think our episode two weeks ago is titled like "Is Oops All Spells a Problem?" Yes, and that um, was when it was like the top deck in the meta it was yeah. like at twelve twelve percent or something like that. Yeah, just to like bring up the metagame a little bit more and start chatting about the challenges. I think Oops All Spells could be a, a fun place to start because Soul Guide Lantern was the most played card in the weekend. And there is wow. one copy of Oops All Spells in all 64 lists. So I guess that speaks volumes about... Well, it could also just be that nobody played the deck. But given the other point, uh, we're going to have to touch on that Burn is seeing such an uptick in play. I would say that Oopsal Spells is pretty good against Burn. I know I know Dredge is really good against Burn in Modern because of Creeping Chill. And I'm going to assume that this list is no different. You go turn four, Kablamo, win the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oopsal Spells we're seeing obviously dip down its meta share. Um, it went from, like I said, about 12%. And again, we say this every single time we go over the percentages. They are not exact. Not representative. It's the, yeah, it's it's the, it's the way Goldfish does it. 
And the it's, way it's the, it's the old it's the old school like sort of like theory that people say the average doesn't exist. Right? Goldfish tries to sort of average the metagame of what you're going to find like online, but online is so large, you're never going to find the average. Right? Nobody plays 100 games of Pioneer and plays against the exact same share that you're seeing here. Like nobody ever will. Yeah, and and even unless you're going back to pre uh pre bannings that's and then it was a hundred percent inverter, so that was easy. Yeah, <laughs> or or mono white. There was a lot of mono white when I was playing. I'm just like, I don't want to get sun gun, dude. Even though mono white's like a super dirtily deck, but whatever. We are we are out of that PTSD realm of pioneer. But yeah, going back to Oops all spells, like I I think you're you're definitely probably right. Um, definitely probably yeah, perfectly yes, perfectly acceptable English. The best the, the best kind of right. Definitely, yeah. probably, <laughs> from the uh, the English major and teacher. And, <laughs> yeah, good, good on me. Great presentation. Thank God, none of the kids I teach have access to any of my uh, personal stuff, like this podcast, streaming, and things like that. So, but yeah, I I agree with you. I I do believe that Burn has a pretty good matchup against Oops All Spells, except Soul Guide Lantern. I guess maybe just the cards just good enough. I mean, Probably. if I'm looking at the the top burn lists, I'll just look. This is the challenge from the the eighth. I'm currently looking at, so that's the Sunday challenge. And if I I will quickly pop open every burn deck. Soul Guide Lantern, two Soul Guide Lantern, three Soul Guide Lantern, two Soul Guide Lantern, four Soul Guide Lantern, zero Soul Guide Lantern, two Soul Guide Lantern, and that's it. So they pretty much all run two or more Soul Guide Lanterns in that challenge. I just want to say thank you because you reminded me to buy my place of Soul Guide Lantern. I literally just bought them as we're speaking. <laughs> and I'm quickly looking at the Saturday challenge. Burn decks running two Soul Guide Lantern, two Soul Guide Lantern, two Soul Guide Lantern, and two Soul Guide Lantern. So yeah. that seems to be the golden standard for that regard. And I guess Soul Guide Lantern might just be good enough that it fixes the matchup by a lot. No, yeah, I would definitely imagine that. Um, we remember that like when we had the mono red decks and Boros burn decks being pretty prevalent uh, in the Pioneer metagame, what was the card you always saw on the sideboard? It was either Tormod's Crypt or Grafdigger's Cage. And now they've gone for Soul Guide Lantern instead um, over your thing like Tormod's Crypt, just for the extra value of being able to draw a card if it's just... Uh, I believe it. Tormod's Crypt targets a player, which it means does. you can play it around um, Leyline of Leyline. Sanctity, which is what makes Soul Guide Lantern so good. Yeah, because it and doesn't target stage. your own graveyard. Granted, doesn't matter for burn, but it doesn't target your own graveyard. Yet it exiles your opponent's graveyard without targeting them, which is kind of like perfect. Yeah, and uh, and the thing with Grafdigger's Cage, it doesn't stop uh, your creeping chills. Well, so, like, I think you... the main thing also is is that when they try and go for the combo, right? They, if you have a Soul Guard Lantern on board, they try and go for the combo. They put everything in a graveyard. And unless you die to the 12 burn damage, if you then exile their graveyard, they literally can't win the game. right? If you have like a rest well, they, they against Dredge in Modern... They can't even win anyway, because so you mill everything all at once. It doesn't like stop the mill to trigger a uh, Creeping Chill. If they if you exile oh, you, the graveyard... You don't even the stack, take the 12. You don't take the 12. Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. That's why Grafter's oh. Cage isn't as good. You don't take the 12, because you exile it before the uh, for its result. Oh, that's that's great. I didn't actually know that i thought it already just went yeah you're right because no, it's, yeah. it's asked like yeah, do it's... you want to exile it but it already is because it's a it's not a it's a trigger so like it's a triggered ability yeah. so it goes on the stack and yeah then alex learns to play response. magic you're right yeah 
because it says, do you want to exile it? Oh, wait, it already is, so you don't get to drain your opponent for three. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so, oh, that actually really changes how I have to play the matchup, too. I, I haven't actually played it yet, but I'm running Soul Guide Lantern 2 with the idea of, like, as long as I'm above 12, I can't die. But apparently, I can be at three, and I still won't die. So <laughs> The beauty of the card. Know. Until they then hardcast a creepy chill, but I'm at three. But, yeah, so I suppose it's just... What we kind of said, right, when Oopsol Spells... Uh, arose at first. So like this feels like a deck you could just hate out. Kind of like how yeah. Dredge does it, right? Yeah. And I suppose we've just found a way to do it, which doesn't like, you know, isn't like a bad thing about the deck. Like we, if we all start running two or three damping spheres in our sideboards, nobody's going to play Lotus Field anymore. So this deck just <clears throat> joins that uh, like joins that uh, title, I guess. Um, which I think is good, because both decks are stopped by colorless cards. So they're not the type of decks that force a color out of the mana. Like, if That's we true. were all, or like, encourage a color, what if these? What if the deck Oopsal Spells was only really hard countered by Rest in Peace? Then we'd all kind of have to play white. Which was a problem we had in Standard a couple years ago in the Kaladesh era. And people were just like, give us Pithing Needle, right? We need a card like Pithing Needle or Graph Digger's Cage. And eventually we got them. Right, we got Pithing Needle in Sorcerer's Spyglass in Ixalan. Yeah. And a core set M19 or M20 gave us Graph Digger's Cage. So eventually we got it in Standard. But, yeah. and this is just, there's some dogs going crazy outside. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. Uh, I heard something. I didn't really know what it was. So I'm just like, yeah. Hey. So if anyone's creeped out, what the hell was going on there? Dogs. And it was especially funny because it sounded like these things where, you know, like a small dog really goes berserk against a very big dog, which like, what the hell are you doing? It sounded exactly like that. So, But we've kind of mentioned a deck a lot before I started talking about Oopsal Spells, which why are we talking about it? There's one copy in the 64. No, joking, it's a cool deck. But Burn. Burn, yeah. baby, Burn. Disco. Inferno. <laughs> Just... Burn is the top deck in the Pioneer meta right now. It's representing, uh, in quotations, with a nice big asterisk next to it, 12.9% with 45 represented decks over the last 14 days. And it, um, that's that's a big amount, and it's probably more than that. Burn is a super easy... Like, we've talked about this before, right? The, one of the easiest decks to kind of start out playing is a aggro deck, mono-red or whatever. Burn is pretty much mono-red with just white for Boros Charm and, like, change of the rocks in the sideboard pretty much right so this is effectively an easy deck for people to just to pick up and play so i guarantee you the representation of boros burn is probably much higher than it seems it actually could even be genuinely it could be 20 percent of the meta it really could and i wouldn't be surprised in any way shape or form especially because like uh one deck i want to highlight because of course i do uh in the Saturday challenge, 11th place is actually a Grixis mid-range deck. Um, and they run two main deck copies of Collective Brutality. Which is like, if you make that right call and so much of the field is burn, you're going to win some game once you're not supposed to be winning. And if people are making those type of calls and doing well with it, that probably means that there's quite some burn running around. Yeah, burn is all over the place. And I do think that that's Interesting, because that's a card that I honestly forget about being Pioneer Legal all the time. You think about that being as a pretty good uh, modern card when I'm referring to um, Collective Brutality. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I uh, I ran Collective Brutality in my sideboard for a long time. 
Uh, funnily enough, I think I decided like I'm not really seeing that much burn about two or three weeks ago, and then hooray, everyone's playing burn. Um, but it is very niche collective brutality. It is super powerful against burn. Like it's mm. a really powerful anti-burn card, especially because the drain two is actually better, slightly better in pioneer than it is in modern. Right, because in modern they tend to hit you for three a lot, and yeah. so you don't actually like counter a full spell. And here it's kind of like kill a creature, duress you, and counter a shock. Now, granted, I keep making the same mistake everybody else does, and this is what makes collective brutality not as good in other matchups. Is people always say duress you? At least that's what I always have. People cast collective brutality against me, and they're like duress you. It's not duress. It's not even close. Because it only grabs instants or sorceries. Yeah, sorceries. Which is kind of what makes it weaker in a lot of matchups, which makes it very hard to like justify having in your deck, unless there's so much burn running around. And especially in more mid-rangey shells where you just care less about the sorcery speed, uh, as opposed to like a more controlling strategy that, you know, wants to be, hates yeah. running sorcery speed removal. It's a pretty like good to, card. I would like to briefly talk about this Grixis deck though. Um you got four Soul Guide Lanterns on the side, um, two Rackless Return, four Anger of the Gods, two Mystical Disputes, two Ecolitas, and one uh, Karanos, God of Storms. I love Karanos. I That's wish Karanos cool. was good again. Um, but let's go over the, actually, the main deck real quick, because it's Grixis mid-range, like you said. So they're only running eight creatures uh, in, the, in the main. Uh, four Croxa, four Nickel Bolas, uh, the four drop that just discards you and then can flip into the big boy. Um, then the Planeswalkers are going to be four Davriel, four Liliana, and one Ashiok. And then and Liliana, then... important is Liliana, Waker of the Dead. So it's yes. the pioneer yeah. Liliana of the Ville, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and then they got four Fatal Push, four Thoughtseize, uh, two Collective Brutality, three Eliminate, four Thought Erasure, two Colgan's Command, and then 24 lands. Um, this is, I think, is... wait, cool. let me have a quick look. There are at 16, 20. 24. There are 28 cards in this deck that make your opponent discard a card. Like, this is effectively a proactive version of 8-Rack. Yeah. Yeah, I actually and like And considering this that Devriol makes your opponent discard more than one card, you can effectively make your opponent discard more than half the cards that they will ever have in a game. Oh, and keep in mind, Liliana is also the uptick that they discard, and it's you too. But oh yeah, so you can do it. You can do it over and over too. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you care about discarding your own stuff because you're fueling the yard for Croxa. Um, yeah, I actually like this. Uh, we've talked. I don't about think this deck's off, cool. Yeah, we've talked about off cast a bit about the. Um, there was an older Rakdos list. That was running waste knot, and it was like a it was the same idea like Davriel, Liliana, Waker of the Dead, um, and, and like Croxa, that kind of idea to like make you discard in that regard. Going into Grixis gives you things like Nickel Bolas, and um, I think Ashiok is super cool here because if you get in a position where you just you know you're discarding them so much, you're basically making your opponent be hellbent more often than not. And then so the then, minus three is just exile target non blend permanent. Exactly, exactly. So I think this is a super cool list. Yeah, this um, list is sweet. Getting access to Mystical Spute out of the side is pretty big. Um, Karanos, I, I'm not sure what you bring that in against. No, it's just... The problem is, is that the fair decks you bring it in against have to ferry or and or Elspeth Conquers Death. Yeah. Or similar cards, which means Karanos is just dead. This feels like... I did this when the format was new. I ran Karanos too. This just feels like maybe it's like someone's pet card. And they're just like, oh, I yeah. really love 
Karanos, and there's like an Izzet mid-range deck, and like, you know, can play, but you don't really play Izzet mid-range, so you're always going to be like Jeskai mid-range, Grixis mid-range, Teamer mid-range. So they've probably been playing like Burn all the time, and now they finally got to play a deck that supports Karanos, it's like, yes. <laughs> I will say this cyborg or not cyborg, sorry, this this mana base feels like they threw it together last second without really thinking about it. So I'm gonna be pretentious and look up the percentages of I'll I'll give you the quick rundown. This mana base looks completely fine to me. Uh, I find four fabled passage to be very optimistic with four basics and four fabled passage, but overall this mana base seems fine. It's there for Croxa. Um, yeah, the only thing that's actually below 90% on curve is Croxa 89. Everything else looks pretty good. Yeah, like th- this is a perfectly fine mana base. Uh, uh, it's also because the, the mana costs in the deck aren't particularly hard, uh, being very black slanted. Uh, and so the mana base is, right? There's four Watery Grave, uh, four Drown Catacomb. Those are like your basics, your. Uh... I, the only thing I'm curious about is the I anger coming it. out of the sideboard. I just fixed it. I just fixed it. You just all you have to do is swap, go up to three Blood Crypt, go down to three Drowned Catacombs instead of four. I don't know why you'd want four of those checklands anyway when you're already running two Dragon Skull Summits. And you're good. Everything's at 90 plus percent. 91 for Crocs on turn two. Um, Even for Anger post board? Uh, let me throw in an Anger. Because I have so my doubts. Uh, this me... feels like the Anger cast is a little dodgy. Anger of the. Gods. Anger of the Gods is, uh, yeah, 79, so we'll have to fix that. Yeah, that's... Well, here's the thing. Alright, so this, if you're playing in Pioneer, we obviously can't get the perfect mana, because we <clears> don't <throat> have fetches. Thank fuck we don't. Um, <laughs> but that can also mean that in a matchup where you board in Anger of the Gods, you might actually have to spend, like, a mulligan, which can be fine, right? Aggressively mulligan to a hand with enough red. Or, like, bottom a card so you have your double red. You can kind of, uh, your Fabled Passage, sort of, like, aggressively fetch up Mountain, uh, your first Mountain. This might be in a matchup where, for example, you board out Thought Erasure, so you don't have to care about the Demir colors. So you're perfectly fine just fetching a, a Mountain turn one and playing a Dragon Skull Summon on turn two, right? You I still get it. to play most of your deck. I'm the best. I'm so fucking good at making mana bases, dude. I'm yeah, you probably best. added more shocks, didn't you? Uh, not much. Um, actually, and, no. Um, well, I bumped up, so I dropped Wider Grave to two instead of four, and I bumped up uh, Steam Vents to four instead of. So I, I swapped Steam Vents and Wider Grave. Blood Crypt's at three. Silver Falls is at three. Dropped Drowned Catacomb to two. And yeah, we're at 90. Yeah, I, yeah but I think, that, I think there is one problem in your whatever calculator you're using. Why? Is it keeping in mind that you want turn one untapped black? Uh, yeah. Because you've got... Yeah, it how is. Many, how many Blood Crypts did you put in? It's at... Look, look at Turn one, turn one, black mana is at 90%. Everything's... Yeah, but, the lowest one is 90%. And that's... But you've, one you've got mana. like two Watery Grave, two Blood Crypt, and two Swamps. Uh, two Water Grave, two Blood Crypt. No, three Blood Crypt. Three Blood Crypt. Um, two Water Grave, two Swamp. So that's seven. Yeah. That's complete 90. nonsense to have turn one untapped black. It's like 14. 13 or 14 is the, is the number you run in Lana War Elf decks to. 
to get your turn one land or elf, like thirteen or fourteen. Seven is ridiculous. So mm. I think I think there is a there is an error in your calculator. Hmm. It might it might tell you to have turn one black mana, but that doesn't mean that it's untapped. So well, I think there is a a problem in the calculator. Isn't there like a meme about that? Like there's a, an error in the simulation, sir, Brad. But so talk about so lots of burn. We've already seen this be a thing last week, right? We didn't go over it in too much detail, but I think already in the last week challenges, wasn't it already when Cedric uh, Phillips also top? I think he came second in a challenge because he, yeah, that was last week because he conceded the finals to um, Sparring Spike. Yeah. Because I think there was already some sort of event that Cedric was already qualified for and Spike wasn't, I think it was the Pro Tour. And whenever we're going to do those again. And Cedric just conceded the finals to Aspiring Spike so he could get in. 2023, baby. Yeah. Um, so we already had Burn be popular for a week. People had the ability to adjust, and it still performed, right? In um, it's still the most uh, the top deck in um the Saturday challenge. Now, an interesting one to match that is only one copy less of Ors of Auras, which is also a really good deck against a Burn, because the moment you get one of your dudes to four toughness, you just win the game, as long as the Ward Life Link is on it. Yeah, that's a big deal. And we see a response to Burn still being popular on Saturday, because Sunday there are suddenly four copies of Mono Black Vampires um, showing up at the challenges with still, and four Gifted Aetherborn, two No Priest of Oblivion, so that means you're going to have um, six two mana lifelinkers. Three Kalidus, which remember you're cheating out with Sorin Bl Imperious Bloodlord, and oh yeah, Sorin's also going to lightning healing your opponent every turn. So this deck is set up to deal with burn like very well, just naturally. Like you hardly have to change anything. Like you can yeah. put like one or two more copies of Kalidus in your main deck. Uh, you can like oh, and Legions and the sideboard. I love it. Yeah, but like generally speaking, the sideboard isn't even like. That's set up to deal with burn. Like, yeah, Legion, like Heartless Act, Legion's Act, you probably want your removal, but do you even? Like, two mana removal for all the one mana creatures? There's not like, it, 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 they didn't like get additional tech with like uh, collective brutality, as we just talked about, because they don't have to. Like, the deck's quite yeah. well set up to beat burn. The problem that Mono Black Vampires has, which like, if we can make meta calls that are going to be completely incorrect, is that Mono Black Vampires really struggles against these go big decks. That's why it became uh, less popular, you know. After the inverter mana, that's ended. We got some vampires going in again, and they were doing well. And then people started playing mono green, niv delight, uh, wilderness reclamation, and vampires was just too fair to deal with these super go big decks. It's like, oh, legions, you know, does uh, champion of dusk on turn three, draw two cards, and like, cool explosion you for twelve. Right, like that sort of thing, and then Omnath was released, and it was just donezo with vampires because now everyone was going crazy and going big and bigger and bigger. So, if these go big decks can figure out a way to deal with burn, they can also uh, really perform against decks that are good against burn. Like as far as I was concerned, Sultai Delirium was pretty good against burn too. Because it did have the Euros and stuff for the life gain, 
also a deck that can run collective brutality if it wants, but it actually played to the board too. So it wasn't like these sort of like go big decks we're seeing now, like Teamer or Four Color with no black, who like rely on sweepers and have like no board presence for the first few turns of the game. Those mid range decks, quote unquote mid range, aren't particularly good against burn. But Soul Tide Delirium is. So maybe we're seeing gonna see an uptick in Soul Tide Delirium too, which might then be answered by people going big again. And now we're in this rotating modern style format, except the rotation is a lot shorter because the there's fewer decks. Right? We're not going through the whole like 4D chess of like elves beats humans and then this beats elves and this and and whatever beats elves is beaten by this which is bad against humans again and this takes like four months to churn this is going to be like in one month periods potentially if this is going to keep circulating 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 which is good right we're talking about the meta being stale and then suddenly burn players are like what do you mean stale Yeah, this is exactly what we were talking about when it came to like modern being a revolving door, so to speak. Because again, this is what you're this is exactly what you're saying, right? So oops all spells popped up. You're like, oh my god, oops all spells looks unstoppable. Then all of a sudden Burn's like, I can get under that. And then Burn and comes run in. Soul Guide Lantern and now I beat it. It's like yeah. oh. and then all of a sudden this this Sunday you're like, okay, well now look at all these vampire decks. We haven't seen vampires in a while. Also, side note, uh, can you make note of the two of that is consistently always in vampire decks now no priest of oblivion i just mm-hmm. mentioned it was mm-hmm. 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 i just want to remind everyone at home that uh i i did have that at number three of my top 10 zenicar list i think that card yeah awesome. and the two cards above it were were uh seagate oracle or seagate stormcaller and magmatic channeler so magmatic channeler i still stand by i still stand by and seagate will be far more busted in like the next two years Oh, I still have my playset because you effectively like convinced me to buy it. It's I, just I, been rotting because I'm not using them. I think all three of those cards will be amazing cards moving forward. Um, oh, I yeah. think uh, No Priest will be the weakest out of the three. In the I want to build. A, I want to probably get my Magnetic Channelers too, just before I forget to buy them when Strixhaven comes out, which might make these cards really spike. And I think Magnetic Channelers like pennies right now, so might as well. Because it is the type of card I do like playing. So, Brad, I've already talked, like, I'm saying, like, maybe Soltai Midrange, we've got these Mono Black Vampires, which will be trumped again by decks going big. That's sort of the trend I see the metagame following. Are there any decks you think slot into there? Do you feel like the meta's going to go way different from what I think? Um, I think seeing an uptick of the Vampires, uh, the Vampire deck in general, um, kind of getting more of that split between that and regular mono black aggro seems pretty feasible to me. Um, and then another thing, mono green planeswalkers. Uh, I know we want to talk about this one a little bit later, but this is a, a deck that I kind of have to oh, look yes. at because it seems to have a pretty good matchup against burn in the sense of like getting a Vivian stick and you just keep pumping your team. And you're like, look oh, at these blockers it, I have. It does. It doesn't deal damage to itself, which is mana base, which is a thing that burn always likes. Right, these yeah. four-color Omnath decks, for example, they either play tap lands or they shock themselves, which is like the best thing to punish as an aggro deck, especially burn. Yeah, and I'm looking at the sideboard. What do you bring in? Like, so okay, the the Wait, Karn. What, what deck Wishboard, are we talking about? I'm looking at a mono green planeswalkers, like the Karn Wishboard. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything? I mean, I guess the boat 
would probably be decent. Shadow Spear. Oh, Lifelink. That's right. I forgot he gave Lifelink. And oh. the Great Henge gives you two life every time you tap it. Ah, yeah. So they got some tools. Oh, and God Pharaoh's statue probably completely locks your opponent out of playing the game because they're always going to have like. They can cast one spell per turn. All right, shock you, go. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not going to win you any games, is it? And Karn just in a robot voice goes, ow, and then does it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I feel like Modern Green Planeswalkers is in a good spot against uh, Boros Burn, which again, we are seeing well, Modern Green Planeswalkers up at number four in the list. Yeah, so, but that, that to an extent doesn't surprise me at all. Because if we're back to like um, Burn, uh, Mono Black Vampire, some Niv to Light and stuff battling it out, it's like this was literally the meta right after the ban, which was the meta Mono Green was good in. So maybe yeah. mono green isn't like a particular counter to something in the meta, though it very well might be. It can also just be a deck that like just slots in. It doesn't even like particularly like hard counter anything, but it's just like, oh, I remember this meta. Mono green was good here. And you play it and it's like, hey, it's good again. Especially because people aren't teching against you at all. To the extent people can tech against mono green, like can be a little difficult for some decks. Like how do you tech against mono green as burn the best deck that can deal with mono green is just any black deck that runs thought season fatal push that's that's the matchup that mono green doesn't want to go against like when we watch the uh when you and i cast the pioneer invitational uh a couple months yeah ago, yeah the, that was rectal's pyromancer yeah so which is still like a deck, a deck. Dude. it's still showing yeah. up like it's you know respectable deck you should probably you know don't don't sleep on rectal's pyromancer but yes, I think Mono Green just slots into the current meta because it resembles the older meta. I don't think it's because it like particularly like snipes a specific deck. No, and that's like, the same oh, way. Yeah. We... Well, it's pretty good against Lotus Field because of the main deck access to Damping Sphere, which that's is true. like a very big thing it has going for it. And it doesn't even run thing... Soul Guide Lantern in a wishboard, does it? For Oopsell spells, I haven't no. seen any lists to do that. That might be something they adjust and change to later on if they feel like they need to. But I mean, maybe they just feel like they don't see the matchup enough or like they don't care. But Mono Green is the kind of deck where we've lo we've looked at this before. And we've they had this exact... So Cage yeah. is still pretty good. Well, we've had this exact discussion before, right? Mono Green is that kind of deck. Remember when it was the top deck and we had Doom Lake on? We're like, is this the best deck in Pioneer? Is this the best thing you can be doing? Um, and... He was the first to say it himself. We have acknowledged that uh, as well in other episodes. Mono Green Devotion does not have any matchup where you're like, this just destroys this deck. However, it also doesn't have any matchup where you're like, I suck against this deck. There isn't like, your worst matchup, like I said, are black decks that have access to Fatal Push and Thoughtseize. Outside of that, these are all very winnable games for this deck. And in this kind of meta where you have this kind of, you know, rock, paper, scissors almost kind of feel, especially with burn being so prevalent, Mono Green is just like, like you said, it slots in nicely and it just kind of finds yeah. a place. It's also through its wishboard. It kind of doesn't have to play this rock, paper, scissors game. Right? Because you, you don't you always have rock. Yes. Well, uh, a lot of like the the play that comes in in like these sort of churning metas, right? It's, it's part deck choice, but it's mm -hmm. part sideboard, right? Like how you have your burn deck, 
that's teched against Upsal spells with Soul Guide Lanterns. Mono Green just skips that part of having to sideboard for a meta because it just doesn't sideboard. Right? It, it it changes like two or three wishboard targets. You can maybe run like Soul Guide Lantern, Graph Digger's Cage, Aligned Hedral Network for Auras. Um, like you can be a little bit more Vivian focused. You can be a little bit more Karn focused. Like there are some some tweaks you can make. Right? There's probably like twenty two cards that can be in your that can reasonably be in your sideboard. But overall, you don't really have to play the mind games. You just go in and do mono green things. Yeah. One thing, I, I don't mean to backtrack, because uh, I'm actually, I, I still have the, the vampire was pulled up. And we talked about this before, and I've mentioned this a little bit, uh, probably, the, probably the most out of anyone on this cast. I, uh, I love pointing out how bad, or how, outside of Oops All Spells, how those bolt lands from Zenikar have just had no place in the Pioneer meta, except for the Oops All Spells deck. Uh, the Vampire list is running to Agony's Awakening. Oh, Agony's Awakening's great here. Yeah, it, it is. There's not much recursion available to you. Um, you do get that. There's no three extra. drops. That's the only problem. There's no three drops. Because the three yeah. drop in the list is Murderous Rider, and that goes back to the bottom of your deck. I think so, you're fine with grabbing a, a, a Knight of the Ebon Legion. I can imagine. Whatever, yeah, I can imagine you just cast this for two. Yeah. Like, or get up to four or five if you go really long. Because that's one upside too. If the game was really long, you can actually grab a five with this deck, right? You can and just that's... go one. You can just go one, two, four, five. Lose four life, draw five cards, put a Kalidas on the battlefield, have some blockers, have some life link. It's pretty yeah. good. And that's when you're just like, hey, I also have this no of Oblivion that I can kick late game, and yeah. grab a champion at dusk, and uh, all of a sudden I'm drawing two cards off this top deck. And then I feel pretty good about my life. It looks, it looks here like one of the decks that really hates the fact that Murderous Rider doesn't goes on the bottom of your deck. You know what's curious to me? Well, um, I find I guess you have to figure out what to cut, right? But the fact that there's no, uh, like none at all of um, the zombie vampire, the one that comes back, because the Silver synergy, Sparkle? yeah, the synergy yeah. of Soren is so good. Is so good. You yeah, but is it what you want to be doing? Is this the format? If we're talking about, I mean, yeah, it's good against burn, but the matchup probably is already. If your opponent, if the one thing you're afraid of is people like casting a Nif to Light and drawing five cards, do you really want to lightning helix them every turn? Like, that doesn't sound like a game you're winning. That's true. So it's probably just not a thing you need. Like, it's good, but you don't need it. Because the low-to-the-ground matchups, you're probably good against already. Um, there are no matchups that want you to be Lightning Helixing your opponent every turn. Like, sure, if you're if we have, like, ups on mid-range and people playing Siege Rhinos, which will never happen, but if we get in that type of meta, yeah, sure, Lightning Helix every turn. But hey, Anything's possible. Here. We saw Grixis mid-range at number 11 in this challenge. We can see Absian. With a Karanos in the sideboard. I love it. Hey, God, I, I, I need to find my Karanos again. I have one. It, do you it's, think, a, it's a pet card of mine. Do you think it's one of those memes where it's like, hey, I just want to get my list published on Goldfish just so you could see a Karanos in the 75. I didn't bring it in for any matchup. I just wanted I mean, to be in the 75. I, I wouldn't even be sure. I can imagine you can think of, you could probably think of a matchup where this I mean, like, it's it's good against the mono black decks. Yeah. They have a hard time dealing with enchantments, uh, especially, like, if they even have enchantment hate now, 
it's no longer Farika's yeah. libation which actually deals it. It's feed the swarm and that doesn't work because it's indestructible. So yeah. if you want to have like your trump card in that type of matchup, you can bring in a Karanos. What I really like in this deck that like I eventually didn't because I started cutting Kologan's command. But the synergy between Kologan's command and Karanos is actually really cute. Like it means that there is a win condition in your deck that is super hard to get rid of. And that's pretty good. Real quick, I just want to ask you, if you could if you were gonna go on, you know, Goldfish, or not go Goldfish, you're gonna go on Moto, right? You're gonna five oh a league. Mm-hmm. And you have the opportunity to put one meme card anywhere in your seventy-five, just so you can see the list get published as a five oh with this card in the seventy-five, what card are you putting? Ooh, that's to be like a real meme. Like it's not like look about his dragon god because he's cool, but like that's not meme enough. Uh... Also, Dreadmaw's a good one. I would probably do Colossal Dreadmaw. Put throw that in the side, and I'd throw a main deck. Cares. Colossal Dreadmaw. Hey, that it's, is on, it's on rate. It's a six six for six with trample. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's good. There are worse vanilla creatures. I, I mean, can it be like an entire? deck or do i just have to have like my grixis okay, deck and let's, have to put let's, one meme let's in be it. realistic if you're gonna play a meme deck are you gonna 5-0 i don't know depends on what type of deck you're playing if you're playing a meme combo deck you might be able to blow people out okay you're not gonna 5-0 with your stupid shard combo okay oh i'll talk more about that later when we talk <laughs> about kaladesh um and i'm gonna find my original grixis control maybe board oh yeah that that Excel sheet that's like 30 pages long. <laughs> yes. Oh, um... Oh, wait, yeah. no, I, probably, I probably put Hapatra in there. Yeah, Hapatra. Ooh, I, maybe I should just put together an Hapatra deck again. I still don't know how to make it work. I'd put... Is Silimgar's Command meme enough? Because I do really love that card. I think so. Yeah, I'd probably squeeze a Silimgar's Command in my deck somewhere, and people would be like, how is this guy so greedy? Like, he's already playing two-for-one the deck, and he puts Silimgar's command in his deck. You, like, that's... you need to also play Silimgard himself. Yeah, Dragonlord Silimgard, the one that's... Yeah. Or even Silimgard the Drifting Death, you know, not even, like, the one people know. It's it, it's the Hexproof Flying one that gives your opponent's creatures minus one, minus one when it attacks. Oh, hell no, I have a way better one, by the way. I'm gonna play Kalidus. I have Kalidus. a way better one. I'm gonna play Kalidus Blood Chief of <laughs> Get. <laughs> That's not Pioneer Legal, is it? That would have to be modern. Uh, it's from Zendikar. Original Zendikar. Uh, yeah, Rise of yeah. the Eldrazi, I think. Yeah, we're going to sneak it in. Sh- sh- yeah, I have, a, I have a way better idea. Okay, shoot. Quicken. Quicken in a control nice. deck. Instead nice. of opt, I would replace nice. my opts with quickens. That would be nice. like the meme thing I would do. So I could instant. You have the pretty ops. Do you want to do that? Yeah, but like, if I have to like go for the meme. And just like thought sees people in their draw. Like, I can imagine, like, people who are playing Is Esper there... in like standard have probably done this. But hand attacking your opponent in their draw step must be like one of the most satisfying things you could do. I've done it with Vendillion Click, it's great. But that still gives your opponent the ability to top deck. Man, there's no special version of Quicken. That's garbage. They're all I mean, the same. Quicken's art. already pretty cool. It, yeah, no, I know. But I want, I want like a dumb, like, promo version of it for no reason. <laughs> But whatever. So yeah, you go with Quicken. I'd go with probably Hapatra. Now that I think about it, just in the, in my the Hapatra. Just throw would be it better. in Sultai mid range. Just throw it in Sultai mid range. Just one Hapatra <laughs> in the side. Everyone's like, what are you no, just in the main. Against? You can toolbox it uh, out. 
right? You oh, play yeah. it in the Delirium version, and it just whenever you've got two mana left, and this card, yeah, that's we're bringing out the Hapatra boys. <laughs> this is the time. I'm also playing. Uh, what's the? Uh... Just no other cards in your deck that put minus one minus one counters on something. Just yeah, nothing. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. Oh, it's just, just swap a Chevelle, right? A place you'd probably put like a Chevelle. Being, no, no, I've got a better Golgari two drop. <laughs> it's two drop a pouch. They're they're both legendary. They're both humans. <laughs> Golgari humans. Oh man, I love a Patra. I want that deck to work so bad. It just doesn't. No, it doesn't. I mean. The, the the only only upside that Apatra has, which like some you know more cards share this upside, it synergizes with a mechanic that returns more often than not. If you've got a landfall card, like how often are we going to get landfall? Right, it's effectively only Zendikar. Mm. Minus one, minus one counters can be flavored anywhere. They could even just be on a removal spell in a set. It doesn't have to be a theme. I think the only thing they always said is that minus one, minus one counters will not be in a theme with plus one, plus one counters. Because it's sort of confusing for new players. Um, but overall, you can theme it. Like, we've had multiple. We've had Wither. Uh, does it... Uh, is it, is it Undying or the other one? What's the one that puts minus uh, one, minus one counters on it? There's one that does minus one, minus one, and one that plus one, plus one. I think Undying is plus one, plus one counters. I'm not sure what it is, but I do, I do uh, think Wither is cool. That'd be nice to see come into Pioneer. Um, it's Persist. Oh, okay. comes back with a minus one, minus one counter. That makes sense. Quickly, quickly googled Kitchen Finks. All right. Well, before we get off this tangent too much, so real quick, let's recap on the meta game. So we see, like I said, Boros Burn being the top deck currently. Uh, one thing we did not note on, actually, was uh, the fact that Wilderness Reclamation is pretty much straight up mostly Soltai. It's kind of evened out again to show a nice share of Teamer, Soltai, and Four Color. If you were to play any version, Alex, which one would you pick up? Four Color. Four Color? With like, I, but I mean, like, if I'm, is it like thinking what I think is more fun or thinking what I think is better? Uh, you do one of, more, do both. More fun. I would go for Sultai because it plays much more like a control deck, but I would like to play a control deck with a thousand mana. Like that sounds fun. Um, yeah. But I feel like, especially going into the sort of meta game now, right? I would probably want to play the version with Omnath and Uro because it feels better against Burn. Uh, I would just wanted to build a little bit more proactively, so I'd probably try and get like Arboreal Grazer in there or something to sort of have this roadblock and sort of go like turn one Grazer, turn three Uro, turn four Omnath. I'd want to be doing something like that. But aside from that, I think probably yeah. that because it's... And it just it's still the super explosiveness of it, right? Yeah. The, the Sultai one's kind of like super fair. The X spells yeah. in the deck are like Shark Typhoon for Psycho and Thassa's Intervention. And it's, it's like build even... your own dick through time. Yeah, and it's not even running um, what's it called? Well, no. uh, like, like, uh, no, not even that. Like, it's not, again, it's, it's not running like a big finisher to just perfectly tie in with your. Uh, no, not like the expansion explosion, which is like at one point I'm just gonna kaboom you. Yeah, right? like but that, that doesn't even, happen. I would have thought a really good card for that deck would have been like the Scarab God, because I remember early on in Pioneer, the Scarab God, like. Well, here's the thing, Brad. You need creatures. So you need creatures to reanimate for your. Okay, that could work. at least be a cyborg card, though. You against the creature matchup, you're like, I'm going to bring in the Scarab God. I'm already running four Eliminates or whatever. 
So yeah, I think it's kind of as the same issue as the other as the silver smoke ghoul thing. It's like there's just not a matchup where you want to do it. It's a good option to have, but especially because you're not setting it up yourself. Like the Scarab yeah. God is a lot better if you could able to like tweak it yourself. Like the ones you were talking about earlier in the format, they run like Frilled Mystic, which you could argue not a good card or a card you probably shouldn't be playing in Pioneer, and you might be right. But if you play it in a Scarab God deck, it's really nice that you have like a counter spell you can bring out with an ability, so your opponent can't even counter it. Oh yeah, that's right. And it doesn't it doesn't yeah. really do any of that. So you're probably like, yeah, I'm up against my opponent's deck, so I'm gonna play a five five, and then gonna spend four mana to make four fours. It's like that is way too fair, buddy. Granted, you have yeah. way more mana to work with, but. The good thing about this, though, is um, at least you're saying you know you want to play the one that has Uro. Well, lucky for you, Alex, all three have Uro. Yeah, but I want Omnath too. I want all the life gain. I want all the random That's life fair. gain. They said the main thing I would just want to have is something like Arboreal Grazer to have a bit more of a roadblock. And I feel like the four-color one is probably the one most suited to do that. Oh, yeah. Because the four-color one through, is so much fun to play. Through Uro, Omnath, and Teferi, it draws almost every card in the deck says draw a card on it. So I feel like there's much less of a drawback to um, the four-color one. We're like the yeah. Sultai one. Like, yeah, Opt says draw a card, but it doesn't do anything. It draws a card, but like it doesn't work towards your board. Where I feel like the four-color one actually just like advances its game plan and somehow has seven cards in hand the whole time. Yeah, like I know... Um... It's actually funny because when I when I was on camera playing four color uh, wreck that one time for the uh, weekly stream or whatever, and your one of your games finished early. Uh, I I remember because I rewatched the vod and uh, there was a part where the opponent has Teferi out. I was playing against Esper Control and I was like, I, I just mumbled, Teferi is a little annoying. And I just see you in chat go in quotes, Teferi's annoying. Then you all caps, Brad, you play Teferi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm allowed to be annoyed about the card. I, I play it because I feel like I have to, not because I want to. Like, it's a great card, don't get me wrong, but like, it is incredibly annoying. But uh, yeah, you get a nice, there's a nice balance of all three kind of showing up between Soul Tie, Four Color, and I think all of them, and Teamer. I think, I think all of them are super fun to play. I've played all three versions. Um, I like them a lot. Solta is my least favorite because of how fair it is. That's my it's, that's why it's my least favorite, which is why I was a little surprised it was so good in the in terms of like percentage. And it's still popping up a lot. I'm just like, is it really better than doing what you can a four color? Uh, or teamer even, just with the expansion explosion? Um I, I just think the the regular versions are a bit better. Now there is a card I am curious about your opinion on. If we look at the most recent Teamer version of uh, of uh, Reclamation, there's a card in their sideboard that they're running that I constantly forget exists, but I love so much. Silent Gravestone from Rivals of Ixalan. Do you know what that card does, Alex? Uh, well, I happened to find the list, but I think I would have been able to tell you but not exactly especially not the numbers on things well no it's one mana but not that it was four yeah it is i mean cards in cards in graveyards can be the target of spells or abilities four tap exile it and all cards from all graveyards draw a card 
why i think i think the first re the first line of text is why i think in the matchup where you're like going against your things like uh, cling to dust or like spot graveyard removal to like hit your euros you're just like not allowed you're not allowed now i don't know how often that's going to see i think the deck that did that the most was rakdos pyromancer so it is a little weird maybe this just seems bad to me i'll be honest well, I, th like, I think this person ran into Rakdos like seven times in, in like two leagues, and they're like, you know what? No. <laughs> they got sick of it. Or this is like their their version of the meme card. It's like, yeah, I can squeeze this in. People are going to be like, why isn't it Soul Guide Lantern? And like, people like me. And like, he just no, wanted the, to meme the, on me. The meme card is Narset's Reversal on the sideboard in here. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, that's that's the meme card. I love that. I don't know what you do that for. Like, what do you bring? That, like, do you just bring that in against like some kind of control deck or anything that's doing something proactive? I mean, can like... you copy your opponent's expansion explosion and shoot it back at their face for two mana? Like, maybe that's what you're doing. I think so. Because... You're like, spend 15 mana expansion. It's like, no, you. It's literally a... just the Uno reverse card. It's just no, you. I have a potentially good segue as long as, uh, as, long as this works out like I want. I was playing Historic earlier today uh, during my lunch break. And uh, I was playing against someone that was playing um, essentially a team of Reclamation, but because Reclamation is banned. Do you know what card they did in its place as, as the four mana slot? Let's see if I can find it. Um, uh, it's from Ixalan. It's an artifact. Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking out of the name. I ruined my segue because I blanked down the name. Uh, Amulet? something amulet oh yeah 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 i know exactly which one you mean it's the one that turns to a flip land and copy spells yes so they uh... they ran that instead of reclamation and they basically got it to flip and their idea was i'm going to copy a big expansion explosion and my Primal brain was amulet. like yes and my 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 brain was like doesn't that not work the way you want it to when they copied expansion explosion like doesn't it just copy it as x equals zero no it does nope. not it copies, copies on the stack the and you're like, and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I'm going to hit you for 20. And you're like, ah, cool. Very cool. Primal Amulet's a cool deck. Wasn't standard at the same time to us. Um, Torment of Hellfire. And it was like a win condition oh, people I, were using at the time. Torment of Hellfire is so cool. No, I, I've grown to really hate the card, and that's just because of Commander. There yeah. are too many games. I, I understand it, even for Commander, because it's cool that games don't last four hours. But sometimes you can have this really cool back and forth, and then someone is like, oh, play Urborg, play Cabal Coffers, make a thousand black mana, Torment of Hillfire, ha ha, you're all dead. Like, thanks. <laughs> I enjoyed I that. I, I think it's not a matter of like the game ending shorter or coming to an end. I think it's the manner it's of the which way it ends. it ends. Yeah, it's just like out of it. it like, but then, if, again, if, we, if also... we've been going back and forward for a, like a thousand years and someone gets to rise from the dark realms and reanimates a haste enabler and just one shots the table, it's like, okay, cool, right? We've been at a back and forth and this was how the graveyard ended up and not just like everybody dies. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're also not a fan of uh, cards that just end the game like that out of nowhere. That's why you're not a big fan of Reclamation in general because of expansion explosion, the way that works. Yeah, like, it's sort of like... It, it's like when people try and assemble like any sort of like win-ish combo, right? The, my main problem with Inverter was hardly the power, more the matter... Well, it has upsides, right? There's two cards, okay, boom, you lose. It's better than, like, Lotus Field that can, like, fizzle... So there's an upside to it, but it's not particularly fun. 
because it's just I hate yeah. both effectively. And for the sake of like playing like a tournament or something like yeah the ones that like point at two cards you're dead okay cool I could scoop up and use the bathroom before the next round is better but it's just a bit eh it's almost like you're playing a game and like your your game crashes right and it's like guess I've lost <laughs> <laughs> because well, the game suddenly stopped <laughs> I really really and I still stand by this today I actually like inverter a lot I like that deck a lot. I wish it was still in the format in a way that it was healthy. If Thassa's Oracle was just worded the same way that Jace is worded, where if you kill Thassa's Oracle and they have an empty library, they yeah, lose. The yeah, the fact that it was X equals, is it like equal or less than your devotion? That's what like made it stupid. If it said the card is less than your devotion, then okay, empty library. Okay, play it, push it, cool. You don't win. Yes. Um, so if it was worded just a bit differently, where you could interact with it on the stack and still win, that deck would be not only fine, I think. I think it's some of the most interesting games I've played have been against Inverter. A combo control deck that actually like folds to Fatal Push is kind of an interesting dynamic, I suppose. Yeah. That's why I thought that the Ballista thing wasn't a big deal, because it folds to Fatal Push. Now you yeah. could you could technically go like if you have the extra mana you can go on the, you can go on the stack on fatal push on the stack also give it lifelink again and then do it anyway but yeah um, it's it's not as clear cut of like hey do you have a counter spell no I win oh you're dead <laughs> yeah that, those are the combos I don't like speaking of cards that make commander players groan cyclonic rift but um, <laughs> also featured in the reclamation decks. But I think oh, before yeah. we go on for too long, because there was actually a second topic we wanted to cover. Yep. Because talk about the meta, burn, um, the meta call we sort of collectively make is people are probably going to play uh, dirtily life gainy decks like vampires, and they're eventually going to get punished by decks like Four Color Reclamation. Just like me. I'm going to play vampires because I'm going to be like, there's burn players in our Discord server. And then I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to switch back. But there's to also Four Color Rec decks. Me, I'm the four color rec decks. It's me. Look at me. I am the four color rec now. <laughs> I have too many decks. I need to stop. Well, this is an extra segue into our next uh, subject. So, speaking of decks we own that we still can't play in Arena because they're not all in Kaladesh, Kaladesh Remastered. Was, that was the is... worst segue I have ever heard in my entire life. Oh, it was probably really <laughs> crappy, but at least we're on to the to subject now before we go off topic you again. You literally just named what the what the next topic was and be like, hey, I can't play a deck I want to play because it's not in Kaladesh Remastered. By the way, yes. speaking of which, let's do that. <laughs> yes. Shut up, Brad. We're continuing let's, the subject. Let's, let's go with your rant first. Okay, so Kaladesh Remastered is coming out this Thursday, November 12th. We have the beautiful mix-up, just like Amonkhet Remastered, where it featured cards from both Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation. We have Aether Revolt in Kaladesh this time around. We are getting some fan favorites, such as Fatal Push and uh, your entire energy bullshit, whatever. Um, which Marvel! Yay! Woo! Rogue of Reiner, Woo! Uh, We're getting Sahili. We're not getting cards like Copycat. We are not getting cards like Smuggler's Copter. Or, not Copycat. Felidar Guardian whatever we're not getting smuggler's copter we're not getting that we're not getting a handful of cards the same way some cards were omitted from the Amonkhet remastered list because of reasons i am still bitter to this day that fatal uh, not fatal push i'm sorry fraying sanity 
was omitted from the Omniket remastered. I think that's so stupid. I think they just wanted you to buy jumpstart packs and get that uh, uh, Frank Sanity on the uh, body uh, card. I don't remember what it's called, but it effectively does the same thing, but it's on a body instead of the enchantment. So whatever. But we have Kaladesh remastered this time around. And yeah, we have a bunch of cool cards. Um, we can I play more historic than Alex does, so I can speak a bit more to what I feel like this is going to affect the metagame. But Alex, you have a very particular reason you wanted to bring this up, uh, and it has nothing to do with this uh, historic metagame because you and I quote, say, you hate Historic, and you have no interest in the format. I have zero interest in the format, and this is only giving me less interest in the format. So, Kaladesh comes out. I, I think it's fun to paint a picture. Kaladesh comes out. Uh, Kaladesh Remastered is announced. Uh, I was with my girlfriend, you know, I'm dri- like, when I heard the news, okay, cool. Driving her home, dropped her off, driving back. The moment I get out of her, drive out of her street, I get, like, this vision. And it's like, wait, my favorite, like one of my favorite pet decks in Pioneer is now pretty much entirely historic legal because it revolves around uh, Power Stone Shard and Cogwork Assembler, which is just a card that has an activated ability, seven mana, copy an artifact. And once you have seven or more Power Stone Shards, that means you're making infinite mana. And the creature, Power Cogwork Assembler is a creature, and then you could start copying itself. And then you give it haste, and then you swing with infinite hasty two threes. Right? That's roughly how the deck works. So I literally put my car to the side of the road, and I whip out my phone. And it's like, tell me that these cards are in Kaladesh Remastered. And it's Cockwork Assembler and Dramatic Reverse uh, and Dramatic Reversal, which a lot of Commander players will also groan about, is um is the card that sort of enables the deck to go fast and like keep up with the pace keep up the pace. Neither are in. It's a common and an uncommon that allow for some janky, stupid, combo-y stuff. And they're not in. And it just makes me so tired of these sets that they just omit all these cool cards. Like, why? And I, I don't even like the fact, by the way, like people have said this for like, oh yeah, it's going to be pion- it's gonna be like a transition into Pioneer because see, like Walking Ballista and Felidar Guardian aren't even in because they're banned in Pioneer anyway. I think that's stupid too. Like, do we want Historic to be less or more like Pioneer? Right? Considering that they're never going to make it the same format, at least I hope not, but otherwise rip Pioneer because they're definitely then going to make Pioneer Historic and not the other way around. Um, did I would rather see Historic be different. Maybe Historic is fine to have Heliot, maybe um, Heliot like Sun Gun combo. Maybe you can play Copy Cannon that format. Maybe Smuggler's Copter is good enough, is fair in Historic because the format's actually pretty powerful. Like, why are we trying to make these formats so similar? Just, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Give us the damn cards. Like, they're not even omitting like staples of the format that are like super. Well, some of those are, but they're also emitting like super cool cards. Uh, Inspiring Statuary isn't in. Mechanized Production isn't in. Oval Sp- Oval Chase Daredevil isn't in. Like there are so many cool cards that are just not in the set for no reason, and I hate it. Just. And, no, and don't tell me it's for the draft environment. Kaladesh Ada Revolt was some of the best draft environments we've had in a while. And it was the same for Amonkhet block. 
Ammo get block had great draft environments. You didn't need to do this for a draft. Just give us the cards. Move on. No, I can uh, I can agree with what you're saying. Um, it's definitely something that is pretty frustrating. Um, and we've talked about this before. They have sat there and bragged about, uh, you know, how their oh, software We can get works. cards onto Arena so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, exactly. here's not even two sets for like three months. Like, and I, I, I said this the other night when you were mad about this before. I'm going to say it again on cast. Uh, you want to, you know, what uncommon could have been just an extra, um, you know, card for your, uh, in, your artifact that you want. Well, gifted Aetherborn. It's already in jumpstart. It's already on arena. They didn't need to put it in the remaster set at all. Yeah, that too. I just, so. oh, and I just, uh, it's also just stupid because I hate this whole thing going back and forth. It's like, oh, Kaladesh is on arena, except. Like, not really. Like, I'm sure there's more people who have the same exact same reaction as I had. Maybe not about the same card. But they're like, oh, Kaladesh, I remember this cool card. Or I remember playing this janky deck. I'm not even sure. Are the animation modules even on? Oh, yeah, there is. There's animation module, decoction module, and then there's another one, fabrication module. So it's like, yeah, those cards are there, cool. But, like, I I just hate the fact that we don't get all the cards. There's this game that they play on Versus Life where people have to give them two cards, and the question is, is this historic legal? And one of them has to be, but there are just some weird cards that are historic legal, and some other cards that totally should be, but aren't. I think if this deck, if my like janky artifact deck would have been legal in historic, I would probably finally start playing historic again, and now I'm just angry. More resentment than not play historic. Yeah, I, I'm I'm literally now I care less about the format after they announced Kaladesh Remastered rather than more. Yeah, I, I understand the frustration. I truly do. Um I am personally excited for Kaladesh to come on as uh come on arena. I'm excited to see what it brings to Historic. Um Sculpting Steel. Because we're also putting in cards that weren't even in Kaladesh, and it's literally one. Yeah, that's weird. Like, uh, Amaket had a few, like Collective Company, um, Rest in Peace, Thoughtseize, to name a few, where this one is just like, hey, one. And you made the joke off cast saying that one guy at Wizards must really like this card, and they're like, put it in. Put it in. <laughs> yeah. Someone up there, and it's like, put it Sculpting Steel. And it's like, this card is from Mirrodin. Put it in. <laughs> what? Why? It already has a masterpiece. Just do it. Just do it. Throw it in. Yeah, it's like I don't. Which is, it. it's weird that like we're not getting as many masterpieces as I would have thought. Like, where's Arcbound Ravager? Right, go all out then. We want to yeah. put in like more powerful cards. Put an Arcbound Ravager. Do it. Oh hey, hey, you want to know a, a nice rare slot that didn't need to be in this? Well, heroic intervention. We just replayed hey, that. Was it in Jumpstart? No, it was in M twenty one. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah, if I'm looking at the masterpiece, they could have put some funny ones in there. Sort of fire and ice. I'm sure people would enjoy playing against that. Oh no, they could, in, they could have been in, put in uh what's it called? Um uh isn't Soul Ring? Yeah, Soul Ring, <laughs> Mana Crypt, Mana Vault. Hey, Brawl Mox players. Opal. Hey, Brawl players, you want you want Soul Ring? Dude, that would have made me actually want to play Brawl if they just put Soul Ring in as the masterpiece. Static orb, if you really hate your opponent. 
Yes. Oh, I hate all my. Oh, hey, Alex. I have I have an idea for you. You can still do a power stone shard kind of thing, okay? But you got to find a way to gain infinite life. Do you think you can figure something out like that? Oh yeah, of course I do, Brad. Okay, because if you can figure it out, because I believe that you can. There is Aetherflux Reservoir, and that is one of my favorite, favorite ways to kill someone. No, this is the thing, right? So I don't even know why some of these cards aren't in. Like, they did think they were too degenerate or something. Meanwhile, um, Paradoxical Outcome is fine, apparently, which literally gave a storm in Standard. So I don't know what people are going to build with it in Historic, but we've got... Well, I suppose... I mean, once we eventually go back to Shadows over Innistrad, are they going to omit all the zero-cost equipment? <laughs> like, ooh, maybe people are going to go off with SRAM Storm. Can't have them do that. Like, Speaking of SRAM, we're getting SRAM when we already have the uh, Spirit oh, Dancer yeah, legal and, and historic. So Aura has just got way good. It it feels like, it, it honestly to me feels like they're sorting these things out with a bloody dartboard. It's just... What's not going to be, you know, we've got 40 rare slots in this set. We've got 50 rares we want to put in. Which 10 are we going to keep out? And then one guy's going to be like salty about a deck he hated. So that one's out. Then one person's going to be like, oh no, I really want Sculpt Steel in. So that's going to be on again, which means we now have 50 cards again. But we can't, we can't put Sculpting Steel on the dartboard. And now we're going to throw nine random darts just to see what isn't in. And then we're going to make the next set that's going to be... His and then we're going to make anthologies. And we're literally just going to build, like, the biggest dartboard of all time with literally every magic card ever on and just throw a hundred darts at that. And it's like, yeah, that's historic anthologies for... Like, <laughs> you, you, just re you throw again if it lands on something that's already in historic. Yeah, if you land on something that's already there, right? It's like, oh, yeah, we already have that. Let's get rid of it. Which is, like, one of those things you're like, hey, why don't we just take that card off of the board? Then it ruins the game. We have to rethrow. <laughs> <laughs> and like eventually they're gonna be doing this dartboard game and someone's gonna throw the dart and it's gonna hit like mana crypt. And there's gonna just be the silence in the room. It's like, wait, are we are we doing this? <laughs> is, is this legal? Are, are we, we allowed to do this? Are we gonna put No. Yes? No. <laughs> And then one guy back just like on his laptop, like already at it. <laughs> <laughs> I could like, I constructed the algorithm to put this card in because apparently that is literally slower than writing it by hand. Like, oh yeah, we could put all these cards into arena so quickly. I could literally write the set of Kaladesh faster by hand than it took them to get it into arena. Like, yeah, and I'm not gonna try that, but I'm sure I could. I am actually excited to uh, bust out the classic uh, treasure deck with Marionette Master. I uh, thought that was a fun deck in Standard. I mean, there's cool cards in here, sure. I'm more like annoyed that there aren't as many cool cards. Like, I think Kaladesh is a cool set. There's potential in it for very cool cards. I mean, I'm memeing about Sculpt Steel, but you can probably do really fun things with Sculpt Steel. Like having Power Stone Shard, Sculpt Steel, and Mirror Maid, and now suddenly you can put 12 copies of Power Stone Shard in your deck. And instead of like going for infinite mana, you could just ramp it to a billion, which is fun too, I guess. It just... It also doesn't make me optimistic for Pioneer at all. 
which I've heard some people say, it's like, oh yeah, but it's just one step closer to Pioneer. And it's like, is it? Like, it, it, it's one step towards Pioneer with a broken leg and an old boot. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not really getting you anywhere. Like, we're putting in, in the span of a couple, in like, I mean, how Pioneer's been around for a year, right? Yeah. We've put in almost four sets that were already in Arena. Like, is this the pace we're going at? And I'm supposed to be optimistic? To be fair, we have some Pioneer staples already in the store. We got Thoughtseize. We got Fatal Push now with this one. We got yeah, Collected so we've, Company. We've got we a got, few. Cool. We got Anger of the Gods, which I just totally forgot about. Yeah, but do you know how you could have also done this? You could have already been back to Theros right now. We'd have had Thoughtseize and Anger of the Gods too. Yes. I mean... Like yeah, it's it's I, not I it's it. not I, I I get the idea of like you can't you can't put an entire format on arena at once because it's like here's twenty-five thousand cards. But on the other hand, can't you? Like yeah, you want to monetize the hell out of it, so that's why you don't. But like you could have just done this. So I I don't buy into the idea of like, oh no, this is supposed to take five years. It's like, no, it's not. Hurry up already. <laughs> what the fuck is Untethered Express? I've never seen this card. Is that the thing that's riding on a on a step on the down the stairs? It, no, it looks like a rhino train. It's a vehicle. It's an uncommon. Uh it's a four four for four. Yeah, trampling. that's the one going Yeah, it's going downstairs. Is it stairs? Oh, that looks like sand to me. Yeah, whenever it attacks, put a one one counter on it. This thing is a menace in draft. Because it just grows so unbelievably large and it dodges sorcery speed removal. It's only crew one. Why why is this not playable? Because it's a four mana four four. Ah uh, yeah, you're right. Heart <laughs> of Kirin is a cost. two mana four four with flying and vigilance. And we got some we got some more rogues. That's cool. Uh, like That's a thing rogue, I didn't consider. Rogue cool refiner. Uh the big the biggest rogue in the set though is gonna be Gwensley Siphoner. Which I think Demir Rogues and Historical get get some fun out of that. I mean, it's not Flash though. It really like sort of ruins the mojo of the deck, doesn't it? Eh, you could build it a slightly different way. True. I mean, Gonti's a rogue, and there's Panarmonicon, so Seth will be happy. I'm pretty confident that one was omitted from the dartboard too. Like, (laughs) just just like how Sculpt Steel was omitted from the dartboard because it originally shouldn't be on the dartboard. I'm pretty confident that it could... I mean, for all I know, Fatal Push couldn't have been in this set. Like, that's almost how random it seems to me. I'm not gonna lie, I was surprised a little bit when I saw Fatal Push, because I was like, I just... Like, wow. I didn't... I honestly expect them to just be like, nah, Fatal Push is too good for for Historic. Because, like... That would have been a complete lie, by the way, but they could have said that. Yeah, they could have. They they set it for Lightning Bolt, which, again, it's not the same thing. It's not the one-to-one ratio, but... Is there bridled growth in this set? Uh, that I could at least like build revolt, which is a deck I liked. Nope, unbridled growth is not in this set either. It's like this set hates me. Like <laughs> all the funny jank that I built when I just started playing Magic, it's just not there. Okay, but your 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 best <laughs> there's Dynavolt Tower. Dynavolt your Tower. best buddy, Torrential Gearhulk's in this set though. You get to play with Torrential True. Gearhulk again. If that would have been in, I'd be completely losing my mind. If they if they didn't keep in any of the gear hulks, that would have been absolutely insane. Okay, I was I was almost, but I was almost shocked. I was almost thinking Trophy Mage wasn't in there either. 
It is. Okay, cool. <laughs> you can play uh, Metallurgic Summonings. <laughs> Yay! It's bad Shark Typhoon. And look at all the Planeswalkers we really needed. I mean, really, the only good Planeswalker in this set is Chandra. Are they all in? They are all in. Ajani, Dovin, Sahili, Tezzeret, and Chandra. Yeah. yeah. Chandra's in. Chandra's cool. Except yeah, Chandra. when they nerfed her when Dominaria came out. Oh, uh, with the Legend rule? No, with the Redirection rule. Because do Chandra mean? does damage to each opponent. Back in the day, she could... Her plus one would deal two damage to enemy planeswalkers, or at least one if you felt like it. And because it's each opponent, it didn't actually get errated. So nowadays, if you plus Chandra, she only does two damage to your opponent. Oh, I didn't know it hit Which, before. Back in, back in the day with the redirection, when well, I'm going to sound like an old man, back in my day, but it wasn't Dominaria, so it's only 2018. So Chandra would be really cool coming out of a control match, a control deck, because sometimes control matchup would literally sort of like boil down to uh, you've both somehow managed to resolve a planeswalker, and now you're just racing to the ultimate, right? That sort of thing has happened. And Chandra was the planeswalker that always won that race because while plusing, it was actually down ticking on your opponent. Or you'd have a threat in play. They played the fairy hero of Dominaria. They would downtick to deal with your threat, and then you would untap, play Chandra, and while plussing it, killing their Teferi. Um, I mean, that would have even been cool in Pioneer right now, right? With three fairy comes in, yeah. downticks. Okay, cool, play Chandra, uptick, kill your three fairy. But she no longer does that, and that makes her like that makes me really sad because that was like a thing I really enjoyed about that card, and it was honestly just a really good thing about the card too. And it I no think... longer does that. I still own the spellbook though. Uh, yeah, I, I think two damage is a bit much. Um, I mean, it already did this. This was just how the card worked when it wasn't standard. And it no, was no, I, good, I understand, but, but that's that's a rule change that seems necessary to me because um, that's a that's a change with no, the, like, the rules the, of magic the, itself, right? No, but the rules change had to do because they they didn't individually evaluate every card to see if mm -hmm. it should hit planeswalkers, but it was when a card dealt two damage to each opponent. Wait, uh, Eidolon doesn't work either anymore. Uh, Eidolon of the Great Revel used to be able to hit Planeswalkers too. So I wonder how that wording says it. I'm not sure why Eidolon doesn't. I guess because it just always... Oh yeah, because it doesn't target either. I think everything that dealt damage to target player has been changed to... Or any target, like target player or creature, like Lightning Strike or Lightning Bolt. Everything that could target a player now says target player or planeswalker. And every yeah. card that doesn't, so Eidolon, which says when they cast a spell, they take two, or Chandra that hit each opponent, those don't target, so those no longer hit planeswalkers, but used to back in the day. Any type of damage you dealt to your opponent um, would be able to be redirected to planeswalkers, like non-creature damage. Yeah. I mean, they could they could easily print a planeswalker in the future that has a plus ability where it's like, hey, deal two to deal two damage. I mean, they did either. it with uh, five damage, five mana Chandra from M twenty one does two damage to any target. Oh, oh that card it? is so much worse than Torch of Defiance. <laughs> it's not even close. It, it's five mana to start, yeah. Yeah, but the plus is also the it's like zero discard your hand, exile the top three. You may cast them. Boop boop. Oh, also, um, Nissa is in this set, by the way. Nissa Vital Force. Forgot about that one. Yeah, there's a reason people forget about it. No, it's okay. Right? It was sometimes a one-off in Mono Green Plains, Walkers, and Pioneer. It's a decent card. Uh, like, again, the, uh, Kaladesh is a really cool set. I really like Kaladesh. I know a lot of people aren't as big of a fan of it. I really like Kaladesh. And I'm 
happy to see it. I mean, I, I see like there's still Harness Lightning, there's Dynavolt Tower, there's a tune with Ether. I could see myself like just buy into a uh, Teamer Tower for fun if that deck turns out to not be complete dog shit and historic. I might play it, but overall, not a fan. I'll probably build uh, an energy deck with uh, Aetherworks Marble. It's also stuff. the thing that I kind of don't want to spend my wild cards on that, because I'm hoarding them for Pioneer. I think I have like 60 or 70 rare wild cards, and like 40 or 50 mythic wild cards, and I'm just hoarding uh, them for the moment we get Pioneer. You're better than I am, because I was doing so well. I was at like 12, uh, 12 mythics and like 20 rares. I'm now at 0 and 0. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've I been hoarding. I got Pioneer. Bored. I was like, I want to play some decks. When Pioneer comes out, first of all, I'm because I had a lot of the cards in standard, I'm like five cards away from having Grixis control immediately ready for Pioneer. And then I can literally just build like three or four decks because I have a lot of the shocks too. So the yeah. mana, bases, mana bases aren't even an issue. So mm -hmm. I can get into Pioneer on Arena real quick and play like a lot of different decks, and, which is kind of why I'm like annoyed. I don't want to play Modo. I might. I might get back into Modo. But I don't really want to play Modo. I want to play Arena. It's it's a much better client. It it it's more fun. It's flashier. It's better yeah. to look at. It's it's probably better to stream, right? If I'd ever want to like oh, do yeah. sort of that or like 100%. make content, it's better to make content. It's better to stream content. It's 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 a better client. It's cleaner. It's cooler. It's more modern. You don't feel like you're playing on a computer from 1996. Like it's just better in every way. Well, Modo in 1996 looks even worse, but now it looks like 2006. Speaking of uh, streaming, it looks, it, it looks older than old school RuneScape. That's saying something. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a fair point. But speaking of streaming, uh, Alex, um, this is actually a good chance to even ask you if you'd like to join me on this because I have decided every Saturday I am going to start streaming. Just do one day a week for now. And if you would like to co stream with me, we can run some arena uh, garbage historic. I can force you to play historic uh, for the views. Or you can hop on Moto. We can do some pioneer testing as well together. I mean, whenever, uh, whenever possible, sure. Sometimes I'm a bit busy in the weekends because you're not but... allowed to have a life. It's not and timing, but sure, right? I wanna. I I'm running an internship till the start of next year, till February, mm. and after that, I'm probably looking into getting like trying to do some more content for the server, potentially stream, um, maybe. Um, Try and write some articles, make some videos, stuff like that. Maybe a fun series, like maybe we could do that. We could teach me how to play limited, because oh, I, I am to. so bad at it, and Literally, I generally don't like oh it. But maybe God. it's because I'm bad at it. So that could be our first uh, co-stream. We teach Alex to play limited. Um, <laughs> People I are gonna love, flame me. Uh, I love limited. Limited is so much fun, and I truly believe that playing limited and getting good at limited. How many times can I say limited? Uh, makes you a lot better at playing Magic in general because it forces you to just be like, evaluate the game state. I'm not sitting here like, okay, you get a bomb, you get a bomb, whatever. Like you've heard the Glorybringer joke with Amaket limited. This whatever. is literally my experience playing sealed or or draft. I play about one draft and occasionally one sealed per event, and every time I just open a bomb and I'm like, this is easy. <laughs> I open Tetsumok in. Uh, in Ixalan. I opened Siege Gang Commander in Dominaria and built an entire deck around it and had it in every opening hand. Um, I had a Glorybringer in uh, Amonkhet. What was that event called again where you got like six boosters so you played in a league? 
Yeah. I got a Glorybringer in Amon Get League, and I just had all these type of success stories playing Limited, and then still like didn't do well because the rest of my deck was bad. <laughs> and I just got beat I... up by a guy who had like the best deck full of commons. Yeah, I would like Amon Get Limited. I would do. I played that a lot, and when they did remastered for uh, for Arena, I just hop right back into it, and I was like, "Yep, Boros is still the best deck. Draft Boros if you can. Like Boros aggro, uh, Gustwalker is an absolute all star in limited. That thing is so good. Alex, do you know what I know what it does? Gustwalker does. I think it's a two mana two two, and when you exert it against flying. Yes. Maybe plus one plus one in flying, but at least yep. it gains flying. It, it's plus one plus one in flying. So it comes to flying three three. That thing is so good because you get two of them on board and you just alternate exerting each turn. <laughs> like, eh, 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 eh. Uh, and uh, also another card that is just we it wheeled to me so awesome or it was wheeled to me so much. It was awesome because uh, uh, it was the um, on crop champion. I think it was the human boros on crop champion. No, that is not the name of it. Which it's one the, is it? On it's not the one that reanimates, because that's a three. That's not maybe it's not, maybe it's not an on crop. Oh, it, maybe I don't, I don't know. Um, it's a, it was the Boros uh, human, um, in Amonkhet. I should know this. I am very ashamed of myself. This is my favorite set. Boros human Amonkhet. It is. It's honor crop captain. Honor crop captain. Okay, I was close. Uh, it's a two mana three two. Whenever yeah, I remember this card. captain attacks, uh, other attacking creatures get plus one plus zero. So on turn, I remember card. playing this card. Even though yeah. filthy Boros aggro, but like in standard, I remember playing this card. The the card is great in limited. Uh, I would draft Boros. This card would wheel to oh, me. Oh, uh, Brad, like, hold I'm... up! This is a human warrior in Boros. Mardu warriors. Oh, like nice. we've also. We've also got the two mana lord from um, from which Icoria? is Ors of Colors. No, there's a two mana Ors of Lord from um, Khans, which is just a two mana three two that permanently gives plus one plus zero to all your um, to all your warriors. Mm-hmm. And then there's Thalia's Lieutenant, which just puts a counter on all your humans. But there's actually a lot of human warriors, so you could just build war. Human Mardu Human Warrior Tribal, which I'm sure is going to have a lovely mana base, but all the fast lands, right? Yeah, all the fast lands, all the shock lands, unclaimed territory. You're done. One, so you Just get zero basics. You get the Orzov and this, and the we you don't have the, the Rakdos. We don't have the no. Rakdos. So you get so you get but... the Orzov one and the Boros <laughs> one, and then you get twelve yeah. shocks and four unclaimed territories, and that's twenty four lands. You're done. You could probably even cut trim a few. Probably got too many white sources in that. You probably want more black. So you probably cut some of the Boros ones and then stick to like your twenty land mana base. There's also probably the, like uh, cut the sacred foundries and there you go. There is a three mana one from Zenicar that just came out. Uh, three mana three three. Other warriors you can get yeah plus one plus one. I mean, lords for raw stats can already be kind of bad, so I don't really like the three mana one. These don't give toughness to two mana ones, but they're also more aggressively statted themselves because they're two mana three twos. So they very well slot into aggressive strategies. So you can build a real like balls to the wall aggro deck. Ooh, four color, bringing Sanit. <laughs> no, four color bringing Collected Company. I guess. No, uh, you're putting a bunch of one and you're having a bunch of one and two. no, not Samet. Yeah. I opened way too many, way too many copies of that card. That was Adrian's 
sideboard tech card when he played uh, uh, Gruel Pummeler in Standard. <laughs> great. It was great. Also, he's very excited to play uh, Pummeler in Historic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very excited to play Pummeler. But yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add in regards to Kaladesh. Besides Give us the anger. cards. <clears throat> like, Kaladesh is cool, right? Like, yeah, I'm I'm harping on a lot about it, and like, you know, I'm kind of stealing people's thunder probably, like, who are excited about the set. And be excited about whatever you want to be excited about, right? Like, again, Kaladesh is a really cool set. There's a lot of people that are probably going to be very negative about it, because a lot of people were negative about it at the day. Don't, and my negativity about not all the cards being there is just frustration, because the cards are so cool. So go out and enjoy it. Notice that energy is actually a really fun mechanic to play with, even though it's parasitic. But yeah. like it's parasitic in design, but it is fun to play with. So I can see how it made it through playtesting back in the day. Um, player Chandras, um, don't fall for the bait of most Gearhawks. <laughs> the red one is not good. Except you can build a fun. Oh, wait. I need to know for one more card if this is in this format or not. Is, it, is yeah. Madcap Experiments in? Oh. I don't know. Why not? It's not in! You could go like the Combustible Gearhulk, God Pharaoh's Gift, uh, Metalwork Colossus, like giant artifact decks and cheat them out with madcap experiment and occasionally kill yourself in the process but that's why it's called madcap experiment but even that card's not in damn you know it what, uh, you know what card's not in or wasn't in the Amaket one it was the uh it had the fmn fnm promo it was the jackal um uh or the kenra the uh the one that had kenra's in right yeah Earthshaker is but it, it's the three mana red one that had afflict and if they are your opponent blocked, oh, whatever, wildfire, wildfire eternal, yeah, yeah, that card was not in the remaster, which I ran a really bad standard deck that had with approach. Uh, no, oh, I've seen people do it to turbo wasn't, approach. Wasn't even that. It was it was that the combustible gear Hulk, and then it was the um, uh, the double damage thing from Amonkhet, the split land, not land. I'm sorry, the split card. The, uh, insult to injury. Role. Yeah, insult to injury. Yeah, th- those are the three main combo pieces. Um, you just, uh, Is, what's hey, insult to injury and in Amon get remastered? I believe so. This is already a thing I hate. I believe so. I'm not blaming you for that. It's just we don't, we can't be sure. I guess you can fling metalwork colossus at people. That's fun. I'm sure yes. fling is somehow legal somewhere. Uh, it's was also injury, an is ended Amaket remastered. And we have Thud, which is one mana, so it might even be better. But just play a Metalwork Colossus, Insult, Fling it, 20 damage, Golden. That is probably, I mean, trying to end on a positive note, I might see if I can build a cool Metalwork Colossus deck. Because I think that's a super cool card. Oh yeah, just and zero, zero, uh, oh, zero, zero mana, 11-11. Do we have Servo Schematic? We have, right? That was like such a vital card for some of those decks. It's just a two mana one a two mana artifact that makes you a servo. When it dies, you get another servo. Yes, it is. 
Nice. Because you just need an X amount of non-creature artifacts, and you can sack it to bring back the Metal War Colossus. Oh, and one other positive thing. Prophetic Prism art, 10 out of 10. That new art. I want this in paper so badly. Yeah, that's the one it's thing about so some pretty. of the cards in the remaster set. They have new art. Like, for example, all of the art that Noah Bradley did in uh, Amonkhet got taken out because of his whole sexual assault scandal and things Is like that. Is that why they got rid of some of these? Yeah, Noah Bradley did uh, Approach of the Second Sun, um, Anger of the Gods, and uh, a couple other things. He did uh, Prophetic Prism. That's why we got new art. There you go. That is an extra reason for me to hopefully have them having unprinted so I can throw these out. Yeah, so I should get anyone... I should get the I should get the gate crash one in the meantime. They're cool. Yeah, in case anyone didn't know, Noah Bradley was an artist for MTG, uh, and he had this horrible thing that came out a few months ago of like some sexual assault stuff that he basically admitted to, um, and then all these other like rules of power or laws of power he lives by that are just really gross. Uh, not a very uh, good person, it seems. So, of course, and rightly so, they have cut ties with him. He's not able to be a representation of magic anymore. Hopefully, he can redeem himself in the future. Uh, I like to see people get better and become better people. So, I'm not going to sit there and say cancel him and fuck that guy. But for right now, fuck that guy because he's awful. But like I said, I believe in redemption. Hopefully, he can turn it around. Uh, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like he's changed his ways. But I would that, like to And that's see also that why, so we're seeing it in these sets, and that's probably why you're going to see it more in the future, especially if stuff comes to Arena, if you're like, hey, why, why does this have different art? It's yeah. probably made by Noah Bradley, and I believe Therese Nielsen is also no longer allowed to make art for Magic. Yeah, but they're not, they're not getting rid of old art from her. Um, no, but I think when they, like, it's like when they reprinted Force of Will, they gave it different art. It still hurts. the original art is by... It still hurts. Yeah. Oh yeah, they still had Therese Nielsen redo the art yeah yeah it's 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 like but i believe therese, therese nielsen is also no longer yeah. making magic art so that was the last yeah. time therese nielsen was in yeah they did cut and... ties with her over like turf stuff or whatever and i think there were some collectors boosters that had no i think the set boosters from zendikar rising or the collectors ones still had the original noah bradley art in it too because that was already yeah, commissioned and, had, and printed at the time apology and stuff yeah, yeah. so that's gonna be uh it's unfortunate because be i actually i liked a lot of noah bradley's art I really did. Um, yeah, I mean, same for Therese Nielsen, but you know, the art doesn't really excuse anything. No, and I also because they somehow. So that's a good thing for me because I really like Prophetic Prism as a card. I don't know how, but they had this card. They had to make four different pieces of art for it, and all four are really good. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. Any final thoughts on uh, anything you want to add before we go? Enjoy Kaladesh, even right, though everything's in. Enjoy Kaladesh; it's cool. Uh, Marvel some people. We do have Ulamog for some reason. I want to see crazy Marvel flips. Like if you want to like tag us on Twitter, tag the Goldfish, the Goldfish, the MTG at home, or the Pioneer Perspective on Twitter. Give us your craziest flips of Marvel. Like yeah, I want to see people who who hit a Marvel and hit like two Ugins, three Ulamogs, and just one other bomb they put in their deck, and they're like embarrassment of riches. Why do I only got to pick one? Why didn't we get Rings of Brightheart? Speaking of sending us cool stuff on Twitter, Alex, you finally have a Twitter for magic-related stuff, so people yes. can find you. What is it? I do absolutely nothing with it so far, but I will probably in the future. And it is at Disciple of Bolas. Perfectly Grixis, perfectly Alex. Yes. I am sick to my stomach. 
I hate you. <laughs> and so far, I've posted nothing on it. I follow, I believe, just the cast and the Twitter, uh, the Twitter, the Twitter of the Discord. Um, if I do more stuff in the future, you will find it here. Like if I start, maybe like doing a stream occasionally, maybe write an article, maybe do some video content, anything, uh, you will find it there. Um, my Twitter will be magic only. So if you already have a lot of brads in your timeline posting about sports you don't really care about and you just want to add some magic content to your Twitter, then you could follow me on Twitter at Disciple of Bolas. Speaking of filling your timeline with things you don't care about, like American sports, you can follow me at Twitter at Bradcifer. B-R-A-D-C-I-F-E-R. It's Lucifer, but Brad in the front, because I have a dumb, cringy inside joke with some friends. Because uh, you're an in... edgelord. No, it's not even that. The reason that came about was because um, I listened to a lot of uh, metal music. Uh, I had uh, spent time actually doing metal vocals for bands. So I had done a lot of the screams, the guttural stuff, and things like that. One of my favorite bands was, uh, and still is, it's Ghost. Ghost is uh, doom metal, um, but they kind of lean more into the rock a little bit with different albums and stuff like that. But they all have, they have this big thematic to them. The theme and the lore of the band is that the lead singer is Papa Emeritus, which is basically a satanic pope. And there, there's different cycles. You have Papa 1, Papa 2, Papa 3. Papa Jones. Papa John's, baby. <laughs> um, uh, now they're on Cardinal, uh, which uh, now they're on a Cardinal, and then the Cardinal just died. There's a new Papa coming out now. But it's a whole satanic thing. Each album is a bunch of... Um, each each cycle, the, the previous Papa dies. They kill him in the lore. It's the same vocalist, just playing a different character every time, and it matches the concept album. So the first album was about the ritual and the conception of the Antichrist. The second album was about the Antichrist being born and walking the earth and growing up. The third album was the entire world falling underneath the new religion of the Antichrist and following that, a new dystopian future. The fourth album goes back to the plague, uh, so like um, medieval times. And uh, the fifth album, we'll find out. So the joke from my friend was, you know, because I listened to a lot of this music, was that he would call me Bradsifer. That was the joke. Very stupid, very dumb, but I liked it. I thought it was funny. So I just like everything on social media, Bratsfer. So everything possible you could ever find is that's what it's at. Meanwhile, I'm very excited for the new ACDC album to come out. They're actually coming out with a new album? Yes. Ooh. And um, to go on a very small music tangent, it sounds very much like how ACDC used to sound. So it still is very true to the ACDC sound which you can like or not. I know people that hate it, especially the vocals, because it sounds like his throat is ripped out, but it's kind of what I like about it. <laughs> um, but what I've noticed, like, uh, I've been to this band with my dad, and I go to a lot of, used to go to a lot of concerts with my dad before all of this happened. And I also went to Deep Purple with him a few times, because he's a very big Deep Purple fan, and I really like That's their cool. old music. But their new albums are very sort of Pink Floydy. Because I just think, like, especially the vocalist just doesn't have it in him anymore to, like, do the old songs. So they make sort of, like, slower, almost less rocky, more symphonic music, which I'm just not a fan of. And I really like that ACDC, like, sticks to their guns and still, like, make the music that they uh, they always made. So I'm very excited for the new album. 
I have a very wide range of tastes when it comes to music. I was raised on country music growing up. That's what my family listened to. It's what my parents listened to. So in the car, what did I listen to? Country. So I was raised on that. I still like old country. I don't like new country because they kind of almost try to feel like they're a rock band. And I'm like, I want to listen to rock. I listen to rock. I listen to old country. I listen to old country. That being said, the memes of country being garbage music is mostly accurate majority of the time it's uh it's, it's a garbage genre 99 percent of the time very unoriginal very simple chords very dumb bland lyrics but you have gems you have great artists like george Strait, uh garth brooks uh clinton black things like that but as i got older i started getting more into rap and like stuff like that so like listen to eminem jay-z 50 cent um, that was really big when I was in elementary school because everyone around me, I lived in the ghetto basically was listening to rap, got into middle school and high school. I started kind of branching out, finding my own music, kind of started getting into like rock and stuff like that. My mom liked Aerosmith. So that was like my first gateway drug of rock was Aerosmith. <laughs> um, and then I started getting to heavier and heavier and heavier stuff. And now my, my go-to music, especially as previously like doing the vocals for that is just metal in general, but I love all music. I like rap. I like R and B. Yeah, like I'm. I'm basically the same. I listen to most music. Um, I, I listen to a lot of different music. Whenever I used to go to pub quizzes, that was pretty much the only round I was good at music because I would mm-hmm. know all these weird songs. And it's like, you mostly listen to metal. How do you know this Usher song? And it's like, I don't know. I just who doesn't know this music? Usher song? <laughs> and but I thought my fallback's either like more rock. Lip more traditional, ACDC, Rainbow, uh, older Deep Purple stuff. Uh, Ooh, Dio. Rainbow is great. We love thing. Dio here. Dio is the man. Yeah. Uh, actually, and uh, Alex, you've that, never seen this. You've never seen this before. That's sick. I love it. Um, Brad I have a Dio, Dio, a Dio poster. Dio yeah, poster in the room. You can't see. But those of you, which means literally everybody but me who, uh, <laughs> who can't see this. But it's mostly either that or metal, too. I listen to a lot of. I more listen to like uh, power metal, sort of Scandinavian metal, uh, Hammerfall, ah. Blind Guardian, that sort of like, stuff. Do you like In Flames? Yes. All right. So I, I got I got a good gauge. Uh, uh, oh, Amon Amarth. Yes, Amon Amarth is sweet. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know, but I tend to like know a lot of the music from the bands, but a lot about the band. I don't know if Sabaton is also from that area. I believe they are. Um, Probably. Uh, I saw yeah. Monomarth live. They were great. But like, that's they like a Monomarth, Sab- uh, Sabaton. Um, yeah, so Hammerfall, Blind Guardian, that's sort of like power metal, fairly high. Can be very high vocals. Obviously, a Monomarth isn't. But yeah. like, that's but like I, can, I can enjoy more high-pitched vocals too. Though my friends always, if they have a little joke about music here too, my friends always joke about the fact that like a lot of the power metal and stuff i listen to is a lot it's a lot like about dragons like you know dragons swords kill things yeah yeah very fantasy so whenever i put it on they would just all sort of like try and sing along and all they just do is like grab your sword grab your sword step the dragon step the dragon grab your sword grab your sword like shut up guys i'm trying to listen to music here (laughs) yeah that's the closest thing I listen to that has that kind of fantasy type of lyrical component is Ghost with the whole like concept albums of like satanic stuff and things like that. All very tongue in cheek, by the way. They've been asked in interviews before. It's literally one guy 
He has an alternating cast for who plays live, but he records, it's Tobias Forge. He records all the vocals and the instruments and things like that himself in studio. It's all him. He writes everything. He just wow. basically rents people to like play live with them. Dave Grohl, by the way, has performed live with them before, but they'll never, say, they'll never say what show uh, it was at. I, I did. I wanted. Uh, I was about to see uh, Foo Fighters live at a festival, but I don't think. I think this was already like, God, that's gonna be like five or six years ago. Uh, did you ever see that video where Dave Grohl is like giving like a four-hour concert, like she usually does, and like starts jumping around on stage and then falls off? Oh, he breaks his leg. And he broke his. And he breaks his leg. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know the concert he was about to f- be flown to right after that concert. Yeah, that was the one I was at. <laughs> so I was at a festival in the day. And Dave Grohl was supposed, and Foo Fighters were supposed to be the the closing act. And I think like a couple hours before, suddenly an announcement's like, "Yeah, he had another concert earlier this day. Kind of fell off stage, kind of broke his leg, so he couldn't perform." And we got like a replacement artist, which was like, "I wasn't there for that. I was there for Foo Fighters, and I never yeah. got to see the Foo Fighters because he broke his leg." Well, good for Dave Grohl <laughs> though, because um, I mean. I think he only missed maybe one or two total shows when that happened, and he just kept he was performing like oh yeah, because Dave grows hardcore. Like yeah. I'm sure if it were up to him, he would have still performed at the concert I was at. But his producers were probably like, you kind of want to like get that leg at least like looked at before you go into anything funny. <laughs> it's a compound fracture; the bones out of the skin. He's like, we're good. Let's do it. Yeah, it's like, well, my arms don't hurt. I can play guitar. <laughs> I just can't hop around. Give me a stool. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, exact opposite of that, though, would be Rob Zombie, who I've seen four times. I've seen those live ones. They're good. I like Rob Zombie, but yeah. however, there have been times where he's gotten sick. It's happened twice. He's gotten sick, and he's had like really bad strep throat or something like that. And he literally just like would say in the mic, "Sorry, guys, I can't do this." And he got he gets off stage like in the middle of a set, and everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> so that's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, I'm just like, like if you're gonna perform, I get it. It sucks. You can't do anything if you have strep throat. That feels horrible. But like, make the crowd sing everything. Be get them more involved, or like, just kind of like, just point at them. And be like, hey, yeah. I really can't sing. You're gonna help me out, and that'll get them more involved. In my it's like it's like what that time we didn't have motivation for whatever the hell we we're going to talk about on the cast, so we decided to do our first live one. Oh wait, we weren't supposed to tell people that. <laughs> no. <laughs> The live one was fun. Uh, oh, it, I love that one. I'd love lasted, to do it again at a time. It lasted way longer than we thought. Yeah, it, it was like four and a half hours. It was yeah, and I'm just long. like, oh, God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Man, I'd definitely do it again. Just we try to get a bit more uh, reasonable time frame for it. Kind of trim down the questions a bit. Like, I appreciate the guy being real passionate about Boros uh, Feather, but we, we had this stuff to talk I think we for. talked for an hour about Boros Feather. Which I'm fine about. I could talk about magic all day. But yeah. That's why you're here. Yes. But for those of you who have still listened up to this point and listened to our little rant about music. So it became the music perspective. Eh, it's it's a weekly thing. We're here. Yeah, yeah. But again, we always appreciate you. We are thankful for you to join us along this ride. We are gonna try and be more involved with other uh avenues of our content creation. We are still working on behind the scenes. I know I gave this update during the modern invitational when I was casting that with Jared. I gave this update then. Uh, I'll give it again here. We are still working on the uh, logistics and recordings of the Hall of Infamy Bowl. 
and we'll be getting that out as soon as we can. It's a much bigger, much bigger, much bigger project than we anticipated going into it. It's taking a lot longer. There's a lot more games than we thought it'd be. Um, I also is, am to blame for that because I designed the entire tournament. Uh, but I still stick by with how many games I've designed it with because I want the variance to not be a thing. So we're going to trim down a little bit and kind of skip around as far as what games we record and what we kind of go after. But I promise that is coming. It'll feature both myself and Alex casting over these wonderful band decks of Pioneer's Past to see who the champion is. And we've had some pretty cool upsets thus far. And I'm not going to go into details, but you guys might be surprised as to who ends up winning the entire thing. I know I'm probably going to be surprised looking at it. Outside of that, though, again, NTG uh, at home. That's our Discord server. That's what this is made possible by. Uh, ad- we are uh, Alex and I are both admins on the server. Well, Alex is half an admin. I'm an actual admin. Um, he's more of a console I just, I, I just send people through to the admin they need. Like, yes. I have a question about this, and it's like, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know. Who knows? <laughs> you are Bomat Courier personified as an admin. <laughs> Speaking of Caledus Remastered. But yeah, like I said, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Again, Disciple of Bolus is Alex's Twitter. Bradsfer is mine. We will definitely be streaming and be more active in all these different avenues when it comes to articles and things like that. Who knows? Maybe we can actually get a stream in together this Saturday, depending on Alex's schedule. We'll find out. I will 100% be streaming. My Twitch is the same as my uh, Twitter. It is Bradsifer. So come in, say hi. Uh, tell me I'm bad at magic and leave. I don't really care how you do it. As long as you stop in for a moment to say hi, I will appreciate you nonetheless, even if you're there to talk <laughs> shit. And especially but, when it's banter, because that's actually fun. Oh, yeah. And uh, by the way, I got into a little like a banter with uh, someone in uh, not an argument, but like we were kind of talking back and forth about like cards and stuff like that when I streamed last time. And I was horrible while I was doing this. It is so much harder than it looks when you're watching streamers to concentrate on the lines of play to make when you're like trying to figure out what mana to tap, what card to play first, how to sequence things while also talking to your chat and being like, this card's bad. This card's good. What do you think about this card? And you're just like, ah, 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 ah. And I went, oh, four. And I was like, (laughs) granted, I was playing four color Omnath when it first came out. It was right after Zendikar came out and it was the first time I ever played the deck. First, uh, first time ever one league in going for it. So you're excused, Brad. Thank you. Thank you, father. I appreciate you. (laughs) Even though I'm older than you, I'm pretty sure. But again, final say, thank you for uh, being here. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. See you around.